This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. Doble tiempo. This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. Gets better every time. And the soothing voice bringing you that beautiful rendition of No Ordinary Pod this morning is Noah Hemer. I am Michael Dogger. We are the hosts of the No Ordinary Pod on the No Ordinary Pod and Radio St. Pete Networks. Noah, how are you doing once again early in the morning? This is not early anymore. For us, 646, just, just, just so nothing happens on the free agency front and sports front, it is 646, July 3rd, 2019. Noah, how are you doing in the state's capital? Doing really well. You know, looking for have a shorter week this week because of uh, 4th of July on Thursday. So looking forward to that. Um, but, you know, with summer officially kicked in, it is hot, bro. And it is muggy. Um, oh my God. I think a bird just, I think a bird just, I think a bird just died outside my window. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, wow. Um, but yeah, it's, don't, it's take been, life, don't take life for granted. No, you never know. Tomorrow's never promised. Um, but it's been great having a great time, but yeah, melting season's upon us. Um, we're starting to have more and more afternoon thunderstorms, you know, the ones that it looks like there's nothing on the radar and then boom, all of a sudden you just got massive thunder right over top of you. Mm-hmm. So that one of my favorite things, cause I'd love the spontaneous thunderstorms. It <laughs> gets me going. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I like them when I'm inside with cover. Not oh, when, of course. I mean, some people, I have some friends who they see a lightning storm. They're like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to go out and stand outside. In the outside, No cover. Just, you know, if I go out, I go out. I feel like they get, like they get, like they get powers, like they're the flash or something. But, um, yeah, I, I echo the heatness, but, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. I don't know about you, but being out, I was outside in the sun for FSC football longer. So me being in the sun in 98 degree weather isn't really that big of a deal if i'm being honest but it is hot i do understand i hate i hate to agree with you because after this is my third summer out at the res and after working training camp last august everyone that i worked training camp with was a really sore carrying around water caddies (laughs) which i thought was pathetic like they were like oh my shoulders hurt and i'm like y'all are weak y'all are soft and second, and secondly, they were all like, "Oh, it's so hot," and I'm like, "Y'all just got to get better at melting." Because um, once you accept that you just got to melt, then you just kind of become one with the heat and one with the humidity. Um, if you keep thinking about how awful it is, you're just you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, people are just soft these days, man. There's no other way to put it. I pop. Sorry if that's coming on a little too strong or something, but people are just soft when it comes to the weather, comes to the heat comes to carrying stuff and walking i mean i work at camp and there's and there's kids that are complaining about walking for 35 minutes in the sun on a golf course i mean if i was a kid i'd do anything to be walking for 30 minutes on a golf court on a golf course with friends golfing sometimes having music on like these are things that i would look forward to but I guess we're just cut from different cloth. Um, yeah, I, I'm all about that free exercise game. Anytime you can get exercise and the main goal of what you're doing is not exercise, 
that's just like that's free exercise. I try to tell them, you know what, you know what, you know what is um, good for those. Get, get, gotta get those calves nice and um, muscular looking. You know, it's calf season, baby, and walking helps you get those. But we could talk all day about Florida, the Florida weather. I didn't talk about really in Tampa because you expect it's the same the same thing in Tallahassee except the humidity's turned down a little bit because we have some ocean breeze. Um, but yeah. In case you didn't know, and if you're not a sports fan, free agency has been going crazy. NBA free agency. I just talked to Noah before the show and mentioned there's been 89 signings. We still have a lot more to go. Not in the big. Most of the big names, not the biggest name, are off to are gone, or signed, signed, sealed, delivered. Although contract can't become official till July 6. So these are just reported agreements and stuff, and that's how we have to they, be, they have to be written and so and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I I actually you know we're gonna switch it up. I got some I got some questions for you to to kick us off before we get diving into the East West, um, diving into the teams that made all those signings. Just a nice little practice warm up exercise. Oh, um, so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna ask you some questions, and I just want you to give your immediate response and just see where it kind of goes. Um, so first off, um, last yesterday was the uh, the USA women's soccer team advanced to the World Cup final. Um, applaud for that one. Applaud for that one. Yeah, excellent. Um, my first question: What are your thoughts on the sipping the tea celebration? I mean, I loved it. Um, this is this is a high stakes week in the in history for England and the. What to be known as United States of America? I mean, tomorrow we declared independence from them. So, this was the Boston Tea Party, Benedict Arnold, everything coming out to life in a soccer match. And you know, I what I saw from the England thing, they they did like these three goggles. I don't know how that was not making fun of or a little shot at the United States. I don't, I didn't understand that, but I mean, who's really going to get upset with sipping tea? It's tea. The thing was, people thought that she was doing a smoking dope symbol. And you have to think about it. Yeah, some states and some countries are a lot more lenient when it comes to paraphernalia and stuff like that. But do you really think that she would, someone would do that on the grandest stage? And do, like, like, someone who's a role model for, legit a role model for, Every little girl that plays soccer, like I work, I work at the YMCA with kids. There's people that have Alex Morgan jerseys on. You really think she's that dumb to do a smoking dope thing? And who does smoking dope when they tip their head back and have their pink fancy pinky up? Like, I mean, there's just. I love the celebration. I thought it was hysterical. People took it the wrong way, but that's the culture we live in these days. If you don't want to see it, don't let her score. Yeah, ex- there you next go. Qu- there you go. Next question. Um, I saw this on Twitter, so on NBA Twitter, so I thought I'd just ask you this question. Mm. Jokic versus Embiid. Who who would you rather have? Or who's the better player? Am I starting a team with them? Yeah. For like 15, for like 10 years or five years? Seven. <sighs> I hate to split the difference. Um... I'll go Embiid. 
and I th- I'll get two reasons why. I'll get into later the Horford decision, but I think Horford being here right now is going to be career changing for Embiid. And the second reason is Embiid's a top three defender when he actually wants to be, and he's a top like fifteen defender when he doesn't really try to be. And Jokic may pass better and may be more offensively balanced, but defensively he's not in Embiid's um, category right now. He would have been the top guy if he wouldn't have had so many injury uh, problems coming out of Kansas. Next question. Though. Oh, definitely. Um, That's I know. I know we're trying to get through these quickly, but think about how much that would change the course of the NBA because he's healthy. The Cleveland Cavaliers got the number one pick that year, drafted Wiggins. They draft Embiid. They don't trade for Kevin Love. And Cleveland's core is Kyrie, Embiid, LeBron. And who's to say LeBron and Kyrie don't? Who would leave that? No one. Wow. Next question. Um, I saw on early, I saw someone uh, pop it back up on my timeline, but ESPN tweeted out a picture of what the Knicks could have looked like um, (laughs) early in, early in February. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had Kevin Durant in a Knicks jersey. It had Kyrie Irving in a Knicks jersey. It had Zion in a Knicks jersey. None of those guys are going to be wearing Knicks jerseys this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. So if you had to describe Knicks free agency, in six or less words, how would you do that? Sell the team, comma, feed RJ Moore. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible debacle the New York Dick franchise is. If you haven't been able to get, take a listen to Stephen A. Smith's rants on how awful the Knicks are ran. Um, if you just want some class A entertainment of just some guy, just um, old man yelling at cloud type stuff, um, yelling, you you should go take a listen to Stephen A. Smith. Definitely go um, go listen to his post lottery ones. I like the ones right at the day after, the morning after when they didn't get Zion. Those ones are my favorites. But yeah, I mean. Knicks, Knicks, Knicks signed a bunch of players. Do two year, signed four power forwards, power forwards in a league that doesn't need power forwards anymore. To two, a bunch of two year deals, and in hopes of going for the twenty twenty one free agency class, which is, who is Giannis, which is comical. Um, yeah, I. It's funny as a fan, I I I appreciate the lure of New York City and Madison Square Garden. But not a single player really cares to do it except the one time they go and play in New York. So it's just it's just weird about stuff like that. It's sad and pathetic if you ask me. But last question. And obviously we can't have a series of questions without dedicating one to our queen. Oh. Shade. Oh. Um so I don't know where we're going at this. Sweet sweetest taboo. Versus Hang On To Your Love. Those are two, such two different songs. That's why they're going up against each other right now. Uh, I'm going to go Sweetest Taboo sick, simply for the... Uh, there's the quiet, the, the quiet Storm part. 
there's a quiet storm. That's my favorite. That's, I love that more than anything on Hang On To Your Love. Although I love the upbeatness of Hang On To Your Love. But yeah, I go Sweetest Taboo. I don't new, normally side with the classics, but I'm going to side with the classics in this in this case. I would have to... What, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you. I'm interested to hear your um, choice of those. On a musical level, I would go Sweetest Taboo. On a... What has Sade taught me about love? I would go hang on to your love. Oh, yeah. Because that's a song that I think everyone should listen to whenever they're having problems with platonic relationships, romantic relationships, relationships with your parents, relationships with your siblings. Always hang on to your love when things get tough because it will get better. If you haven't listened to the song, highly recommend. Uh, any shot A. Any shot A. I mean, It'll change your life. I'm 25 seconds in and there's a nice guitar riff going in my ears. Ding, ding. All right. Ding, um, ding, ding. That was, that was ding, a fun ding, exercise. Ding. Um, moving on. Um, there was a lot that happened in free agency, like, like you said. <laughs> Hang on to your love. All right, sorry. Uh, all right, right, right. Nice. Yeah. See, you can't beat it. Um, all right. So we had... Like you said, uh, eighty-nine alleged signings in the NBA this free agency period. I had, don't really remember Air a free quotes. agency that's been, yeah, yeah. I haven't. I don't really remember a free agency that's been this wild before. Like it feels like this is really changing the landscape of the NBA for the first time since Kevin Durant, like majorly since the first time Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. Um, so we hashed out the Celtics last week, and we talked about Kemba, them them acquiring Kemba Walker um, but the east got a little bit more interesting um, in terms of depth you know it's not just like the bucks and the raptors assuming that Kawhi stays with them but that's a to- that's a topic that we'll get to later between the nets the celtics the sixers and the bucks which team do you think has the highest ceiling and the highest floor just those four, no one included in that? If there's someone else that I didn't include that you think should be in the conversation, by all means. Those are the four that popped off the paper for me. See, I'm in, I'm in the under the influence to eliminate Boston from this altogether and throw Indiana in there. And I'm willing to even say for this, for this practice is to seed that Kawhi is not going to Toronto and eliminate them, which gives us a three-horse race. Milwaukee, Indiana, Philadelphia. The team with the highest ceiling is Philadelphia. If they can find any point guard, anyone who can run a pick and roll, they're going to be unbelievable. And is this the highest floor, highest ceiling for this year or future? We will go. Most of these contracts are what four years for the most part. Yeah. So let's say just the next three, four years. Okay. The Horford deal could get a little not not bad, but in two a year or two it could be bad. But the thing is that he keeps himself in such good shape, and he has such a non. He has a, a finesse game mostly based, and he's gonna be playing a finesse style against Embiid. That he can be just a valuable six man off the bench at the end of his contract. But you have Tobias Harris, 
the money was too much, yes, but you realize this is your team, this is your window right now. Ben Simmons is signing a mass um, max max extension, and Bede already got his contract. You got Horford, and then you get Josh Richardson. So you trade Jimmy Butler, a guy who prob- most didn't clash, but didn't seem to fully fit in with the team. F- fans loved him, and he was he was the guy that closed closed the game stem in the playoffs. But now you have better shooting. You have a guy in Josh Richardson who's just as okay, just as solid as a defender, three and D guy. And you add Al Horford, the one guy who gave Embiid problems besides Mark Saul. Shout out Marky Mark all day, every day. Um, but you get Horford, a guy who's gonna space the floor. He's gonna make the right passes. He's a great screener. He's a pick and pop guy. He is going to if you. There's no two-man team that can guard in 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 the East because we're talking strictly East that can has the the two people who can guard Horford and Embiid simultaneously. Indiana has Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis. Sabonis isn't a great defender, and Horford will put him in the spin cycle, and Embiid will abuse him. Turner, but one of the best defenders, can't do it. He can only guard one of them. And they and they can just stack. They have so much talent. They can just stagger their lineup so well. They can have Hort and B likes to rest early in the in the quarter. He goes to the bench. You have Horford at a, at five, with Simmons, Tobias, Zaire Smith is is coming off a foot injury, and you still have Josh Richardson. Like these, there's a lot of talent, and they just need one more shot creator. It's going to be tough, but the buyout market's going to be there. They have they have some little trade assets they can throw in there, but they need just one guy who can make do a runner pick and roll, and there are there's no one in East that could beat them. Maybe unless Kawhi comes back, but we're seeding that Kawhi is going to the Lakers. That's what we're under the impression of with this podcast. If we're wrong, I'll come back on and re-record all the stuff. Um, besides them, Milwaukee lost Malcolm Brogdon. They got through. Boston and who beat in the first round? Who did the Bucks beat in the first round? Detroit. I don't know. They Detroit. Yes, they beat Detroit and Boston and went eight and one in those two in those two series without Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon comes in and they lose to the Raptors. Not saying any that's anything to do with that, but Brogdon is Brogdon going from Milwaukee to Indiana is actually probably the one of the biggest signings in the East. Because you take a high-level starter, the Milwaukee's best shooter, Milwaukee's top two or three defender, smart high IQ player in a win-now situation where he's 26, 20, he's like, I think he's 26, 27 years old, goes to Indiana. And if you were going to put in a lab the perfect backcourt person next to Victor Oladipo, you would put Malcolm Brogdon. And that has gone. that chip has gone from Milwaukee to Indiana. The only thing is, Milwaukee has Giannis. And Indiana doesn't. So, I rank the highest ceiling definitely is Philadelphia. Highest floor is Milwaukee because we've seen what what Milwaukee can do. And, knock on wood, they have health on their side because we haven't seen Giannis or Chris Middleton get a very serious injury. And then I'd go Indiana. In terms of the highest floor, high ceiling, I'd probably switch Indiana and Milwaukee because I think the best version of Indiana can defend like crazy and has offensive 
spacing that Oladipo has never had. Where did the Nets, uh, and let's fast forward a year, Kevin Durant's healthy off the Achilles surgery. Where, where do the Nets fit in this equation? I think that's an interesting point because I don't think the Nets care about this year is, is not the right word. But they're essentially trading Alan Crabb and D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie Irving and Torian Prince. I personally think that's an upgrade over, I think the latter two are an upgrade over the previous two. Of a team that won 40-plus games with a seven-seed entertaining five-game series against Philadelphia. Now they're in a position to probably get to 46, 50 wins. I don't think they're going to win this year, but I think everyone in the East, Philadelphia included, should be doubling down on this one final season. And that's where I think the, the only thing that will keep Kawhi in Toronto is that, is because there's the looming, the boogeyman's coming in 2020. And the biggie man's Kevin Durant. And then you throw Kevin Durant into a Carice Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, all the other young pieces that they have. That team, looking ahead, man, Brooklyn in 2020 is going to be a show like we have not seen. Because we've seen great players get together. We've seen LeBron, Wade. We've seen the shooting of KD already go with, with Curry and the Splash Bros. We've seen these teams... We haven't seen two ISO gods like KD and Kyrie together in a city like Brooklyn. They're already doubling down with the with the Biggie stuff because they wore the Biggie threads, the Biggie custom jerseys last year. They're blaring Boogie even more. And then what do you know? Kevin Durant signs his announces his deal on Instagram with a Boogie Boogie song. So it's going to be awesome in Brooklyn. But in twenty this year, I don't think anything's going to happen. But projecting in twenty twenty. If KD is 85% of KD, it's going to be... Think, think, think about this. You're, you, you're a sports medicine guy. The Achilles injury is terrifying. It terrifies me, and I just I don't even play pickup basketball anymore. I just go and shoot for a little bit. But does K, a guy like KD, who, just, who is seven feet tall, and can just go sit in the corner and, shut and spot up threes, is this injury going to... Am I crazy for thinking that this, with, sports, with medicine advancing, that this injury is not going to be as crippling as it is on others like Kobe Bryant, like Boogie Cousins. It's not going to be as crippling as on KD. Am I crazy for thinking that? No, on the basis that KD can literally do anything on the floor. So, like you said, he can be a spot-up shooter. He can drive to the hole. He can post you up. Like There are ways he can kind of maneuver around his Achilles injury where he's not doesn't have to put that much strain on it from the get-go because his style of play allows him to do so many different things. Like I don't, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that Kevin Durant is by far, or I, I wouldn't say by far, but is the most gifted, talented basketball player on the on the on this planet. Yeah, like I don't think anyone's really going to argue that Kevin Durant being seven foot and being able to dribble, take have handles that. The way that he does, like a six foot two point guard, can shoot like shoot better than anyone in the world. Um, can post you up, can play defenses long, can rebound, can block, can run in transition. Like he can literally do it all. The only worry that I have is that other Achilles, because when you tear one, your chances of tearing the other skyrocket. Oh, really? Yes, I don't think I've heard. I don't think I've ever heard anyone make that point. Why is yeah? Why is any that? T- 
I'm not entirely sure. I would have to do some more research on why. Uh, read a couple of research articles, but from my knowledge, being around, we had a couple of Achilles injuries this year uh, on the FSU team, and it's because you can't. The Achilles is you is so quick twitch, you know, mm-hmm. and when you have an Achilles injury on, let's say, on the left side and you have the surgery, you're going to be booted up for three months or so, but you're all you can do is kind of do like some maintenance rehab for the other side, but you're not going to be doing any explosive running for on that other side until the rehab on the left side or on the injured side gets better. So that right side or that opposite side that's not injured slowly starts kind of losing its gusto Mm -hmm. is how i would put it and so when you start getting back into it you put so like when we were doing achilles rehab uh for some of the players in the fall it wasn't just rehabbing the one side we were were double rehab we were rehabbing one side and doing maintenance work on the other like you don't just work on the injured side because you're trying to prevent that other one from tearing later but it does like that's my biggest fear for kevin durant it's not him coming back from the initial Achilles. It's I'm scared that he's going to tear the other one because the probability of, of tearing both after you tear one is is way is way too high. And in basketball, it, it's in basketball it's scary because so much more happens off that explosive Achilles getting off the ground with literally every single jump shot, getting up for rebounds, trying to block shots, running in transition. Like it's so much quick twitch all the time. So that's my biggest concern is is the Achilles re tearing on the or tearing again on mm-hmm. the other side. That would be terrible. I hope not, man. Injuries are like I said, I wish injuries could be eliminated or minimized as not to miss a year. But I feel like with the Brooklyn stuff, I'm not really all the other all the other signings and trades, sign and trades. We're gonna see these reactions instantly. We're gonna see these signings instantly. The Durant one in Brooklyn experience, although seeing Kyrie and Brook in Brooklyn is gonna be awesome. That's 2020. That's looming. That's something to look forward to for next summer, for next year. So the Brooklyn stuff, I see them as a five, I see them as a six seed, five, six seed, depending on Toronto and Boston. But but yeah, I am very excited to see thirty what um what those two can do. Especially the interviews. I mean, Kyrie they're both walking quotes anyway. And now I mean, walking quotes. I don't even know how to say that. They're both walking um headlines. Now they're both gonna be in New York. With the, with their two, I'm not gonna say forward-thinking minds, but their two, um, you can help me with this word, maybe different, different train of thoughts that they both have. So, that's my thoughts on that. And before, and I don't know what your next question is, but we, I feel like we talked about Boston and Kemba last week a lot. We did. Okay, so I don't know if we need to go back and rehash that. I mean, I don't think we'll see. So I'm gonna say no. I just it. wanted to. I did a quick. Um, I did a quick uh, study or search on Achilles tendons and the probability of them getting torn again. And 
what it says is that your chances increase by 80% of tearing the other one. And it says here uh, about 4% of them actually happen. So it's not like it's going to happen indefinitely. Oh, here we go. Um, although we found that 4% of patients with uh, that get a rupture, our data can be presented differently as it suggests that 33.4% of patients who sustained a rupture were previously diagnosed with an Achilles injury. 66.6% um, .6 of patients who sustained an Achilles rupture were not diagnosed. So he has the, the risk of him tearing another one is just that much higher because of all of that. And like, I mean, like I've already said, that's, that's my main concern, but I just kind of wanted to throw some statistical numbers out there. Um, mm -hmm. Dropping knowledge, medical edition. <laughs> we do what we can. We do what we can. Um, moving on. I have, I have a, just to kind of start wrapping up the East because there's so much to talk about the West. Um, what so so it seems as if our top four at least moving into next year when kevin durant gets back it seems like our top four in the east are going to be the nets the sixers the bucks and the pacers assuming Kawhi goes doesn't stay with the raptors that is me yeah it's me assuming Kawhi and who did i say it was the fourth team brooklyn ah brooklyn boston's a coin flip I'll, I'll i'll do that i'll say brooklyn and i'll say they're a coin flip my question is, what are, looking at the Eastern Conference, what are two or three teams that are like in that tier two that you could see being more, I guess, sleeper teams that could be on the rise? Like a team such as the Magic, a team such as... Um, it's, funny you, it's funny you mentioned the Magic because I'm actually writing a Magic article right now about their two signings and... I like the, the Magic re-signed um, Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, and they were hamstrung by cap space. They had eighteen million, eight, just over $18 million in cap space before bringing back Vooch for $25 million a year. I don't know. We haven't seen the details of the contract yet. It could be like 35 front-loaded. It could be back-loaded. Who knows? Um, if it's front-loaded, that means we have a better opportunity to trade him as his years expire and dwindle. But so he get him $25 million. means you're already under the cap. You're already over the cap made perfect sense to re-sign Terrence Ross because you had the mid-level exception, which means you only have like $9 million, $9.3 million to find veterans or find pieces at that rate. So just re-sign Terrence Ross. You won't be able to find anyone who matches his production anyway at at the mid-level exception. Ended up using mid-level exception on Alfred Aminu. So I like the magic to make the playoffs. But you have to look at the other teams, like the Hawks made improvements. I don't think the Hawks are ready. That's a lot of young play young players. That's for the future, projecting towards the future. I don't think they're going to be as good to make the playoffs right now. The team, other team, the Pistons. I like what the Pistons have done. I like the I like the Pistons draft. Um, but it's Miami to me. Miami got Jimmy Butler. They are very rumored to be in the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. And if they get Bradley Beal, I think the Heat vault from a team in the 6 to six to 8 range to a team in the top four of the East, above Boston, right up there with Milwaukee, Indiana, and Philly. 
because we know what Butler is. I think Bradley Beal is a top 15, top 20 player. You have two elite defenders in Beal and Butler. Two an elite and very, very, very great shot creators in Butler and Beal. The Miami culture, I know we we make fun of that word, but that is legit. Like, their hashtag things like heat culture. Like, they pride themselves on the Pat, what Pat Riley, Riley, Pat Riley has built and all of these things to the point where if they can somehow trade some future picks, trade Winslow, Bam, and maybe get some expiring contracts off there. They already got rid of Hassan Whiteside. That team, no matter who they put around them, that team has a talent advantage in those two in most, in pretty much any series that they'll go to in the East. So if the Heat can find a way to get Beal, they're right in the conversation win the East. Because like I just said, this is an arms race for right now, for the 2019-2020 season, because KD's coming. And every and so every team should be getting every asset possible to make a run this year. And if that means you're in cap hell two or three years from now, so be it. Bradley Beal's 26 years old. He's in the he's not even in his prime yet, and he's already a top 15, top 20 player. And he needs to get the hell away from Washington, because what they are doing is legit disgusting team building. And I don't even want to get for I'm it's 7:20. I'm in a good mood. I have a, We have a day off tomorrow. I'm not in the mood to get frustrated to talk about team building because I did that a little bit with the Knicks. So just please say Bradley Beal. I don't care who you are. Just get him out of there. My last question for before we move into the Western Conference is Isaiah Thomas signed a one-year deal with the Wizards. <laughs> That's a great segue. So I'm curious um, – Will we ever see Isaiah Thomas as we saw him? And uh, I don't know if we'll ever see him at his peak as he was in Boston. Will we ever see anything but the shell of Isaiah Thomas? No. It will never be what it what it was. No. Is it is why is his style of play just not sustainable with because how short he is? I mean, you. Like, this is a good thing as a. Uh you're a medical guy, right? You know, you're, you're in that field. So let me ask this. How's a guy with serious hip surgery going to do at age 30 when he, when he has to rely on athleticism already? Yeah, short career time. There's a short – that's a short – yes. Very short sh- um, shelf life. So, I mean, I just don't see I, – I, I don't want to – I don't want to go into oh he's he's too short he's too this and that he the Boston run was severely overrated. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks when the Bucks had an interim head coach. They beat Philly because Philly was young and naive in their first playoff run, and they and they yes they took they were very close to beating LeBron and the Cavs, but I mean LeBron and the Cavs were Jeff Green, J.R. Smith, George Hill, Kevin Love. I mean. I mean, if you want kudos for beating that team, by all means, take your take your whatever. But no, it's it's the same thing with Boogie. There's no market for Boogie, and Boogie's younger. Boogie's a better player, and Boogie had torn Achilles and and a torn quad, but he came back, made made an impact in the NBA Finals. We're not going to see Isaiah. In fact, if they do trade Beal, the only way that they're going to sell tickets. And they're not going to sell many tickets. Is if they just start Isaiah Thomas and say, "Hey, 
go go do a th- go try to shoot sixty five times. He can't do. I'm I'm sorry to make this comparison. I know you're a great you're a great great basketball defender. I know you pride yourself on defense. How would you feel guarding the NBA's best point guards every night? Oh, it would be exhausting. And would you be able to do it? Not at all. Okay. Ever. And I know Isaiah Thomas is an, such an athlete where he played defensive back at University of Washington and all that stuff. But the hip surgeries, everything's piling up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have signed him. He seemed like a good bench guy in Denver. But sorry to break it to all the Isaiah Thomas fans. It's not going to happen. We will remember. Oh yeah, the great. The great run of, uh, what was it, 2017? 20, the great run of the 2018. No. Yeah, 2018. You remember it. I won't, I, won't, I won't really think twice about it. <laughs> Unfortunate. All right, moving into the Western Conference. Um, I was just looking um, just to kind of do a recap on what happened. Um, D'Angelo Russell uh, got traded to the Warriors. He's on a four-year, $117 million contract. Um, all of these are with air quotes, and allegedly. Uh, Clay, Thompson, um, Clay Thompson agreed to a five-year, $190 million deal with the Golden State Warriors. Um, Chris Stops is still with the Mavericks. Jamal Murray agreed to a five-year, $170 deal. Marcus, uh, Paul Millsap stayed with the Nuggets. Um, one of the bigger signings, in my opinion, was uh, Bojan Bogdanovic agreeing to a four-year, $73 million contract with the mm-hmm. Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Is there any other one in particular? I mean, obviously, we're waiting for the huge one in Kawhi. Um, AD's already was already on the Lakers. Um, LeBron's still there. So I'm looking at the Western Conference right now, and they're about... 10, 11 teams that could that are playoff caliber. You got the Nugs, Jazz, Warriors, Lakers, Blazers, Thunders, Pelicans, Rockets, Lakers, Kings, Clippers because they play great defense, and the Timberwolves because they still have solid talent. Timberwolves are on the outside looking in. They need a lot of things to bounce their way. Man, I wish D'Lo went there. I know. Wouldn't that have been awesome? So between those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve teams. I want you so there's twelve teams. I want you to rank them into three tiers of four. What three did you leave out? Just so I can double check. Um Phoenix. I left out I I left out Phoenix, I left out the Mavericks, and I left out the Grizzlies. Okay. Is that inappropriate to leave out those three? No, Grizzlies and Suns for sure. Mavericks and okay. I feel like Maverick. Okay, I'll start from the bottom up. Okay, tier three. The all yeah. So the tier three. These are teams that are fighting and fighting for the playoffs. And if they get in, it'd be a success. Timberwolves. I think Timberwolves are dead last of that group. I go Pelicans, and then would you say the Pelicans are Maverick, going to be entertaining to watch, but not necessarily playoff caliber? I think the I think the win like 
38, 40 games, depending on Lonzo and Brandon Ingram's health. Because, I mean, they're going to have J.J. Redick, so J.J. Redick has, has never missed the playoffs, either as, either as Al Horford, which is very quickly to circle back to the Horford thing. I know I didn't to talk about this. It'll take two seconds. Horford t- take care, takes care of his body, understands how to play below the rim. He's going to be such a constant influence in helping with Embiid getting staying, getting and staying in better basketball shape and being a better professional as a whole. Back to the Western Conference. Um, I left out one team uh, inappropriately. The Spurs are also yeah. obviously in this conversation. Yes, because they're all because the dead will never die. What is dead may never exactly. die. Exactly. Um, I I I don't think the Clippers are going to be able to to get to that level. I'd, okay, so I'd go Minnesota, Dallas, New Orleans in a tie. Clippers. And then I go Kings, Spurs. I go Spurs, Kings. I really like the Kings. I think I've loved, I've loved them for years. I love them now. I like the signings of Dwayne Dedman. They brought back Harrison Barnes. They signed Trevor Ariza. This team now is deep, athletic, and if they're going to do one thing, they're going to play fast. And they won 39 games last year, and they blew a bunch of games in the end. And another year with another year in their system, another year in this, they got rid of Dave Yeager for whatever reasons. Bring in Luke Walton, have an experienced staff around that. I like them. I like that. Okay, that's tier three. Tier two are. I don't even think we need a tier two, man. Wow. Because I think Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah, OKC, and the Lakers. Would you be shocked if any of them are in the, are in the finals before, unless before Kawhi comes? No. And that's the thing. If Kawhi goes to the Clippers, the Clippers are then vaulted into this conversation along with the Lakers. Which leaves uh, one, two, three, six, seven, seven, potentially eight teams. The whole playoff field can make can make the finals run in this in this West. How do you want me to go? Do you want me to rate the the top tier now in order? Yeah, I would like you. So let's say for exercise purposes, let's say Kawhi goes to the Clippers. Okay. All right. Uh, I would want you to rank those top what. Eight, eight seven, eight. Okay. All right. Lakers with a with a. Sh- are you starting from the top or the bottom? I'm gonna go top. Okay. Lakers. Clippers. You know what? Switch that. Lakers, Jazz, Clippers, Denver. No. I'm good with the first three. After that, it's just like a jumble of take your pick, in my opinion. Because if Clay comes back and looks good, you have a four-man, you have a five-man closing lineup of Looney, Draymond, Steph, Clay, and D'Angelo. Dude, D'Angelo, I am so excited for this. I think this is probably the most exciting move of the whole entire summer so far because it's so different. And I'm just a DM. I love D'Angelo's game. I love his dancing. I love his, not immaturity. I love how he just celebrates all that stuff, the ice in the veins. I love all of it. 
and you have him and Curry on the same team, two of the biggest heat. How do you think those two mesh? Let's say without Clay Thompson right now, how do you think those two mesh being on the same basketball court? Defensively terrible. <laughs> Defensively terribly. But I want to see Golden State win games 150 to 145 because that's how they're going to have to win with these two. This this gives Steph someone who can operate a pick and roll, like not run off screens, but actually operate a pick and roll. He's going to be forced to move the ball or not play, or he's just going to be thrown in in, in lineups, the clay lineups, the clay minutes where Steph's resting for five minutes. Hey, D'Angelo, you play with you play with the G League, the D League squad, G League squad. And you just get as many shots up as you want. Offensively, it's going to be beautiful. Because you can't leave D'Angelo open, and you can't leave Curry open, and they're both so crafty with pick and rolls. Just so much, so much movement you can do. Bless you, and it's just going to be—it's going to be an offensive thing that I haven't—we haven't really seen that much. But in the and in, and if they get Clay back, if they can stay afloat, because I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, man. And especially because they're looking to flip the D'Angelo sign and trade already. But they have to wait six months to flip him. So if they don't like how it's going, Mark Stein reported he is not a Golden State character guy. He's not a Golden State style of play, style of player. So he gets traded in January. This team, this team's probably not in a position to make the playoffs then, which is crazy to think the dynasty goes from five straight finals, three and two in those finals. I'm, I'm going to throw that caveat in there, and then to not make the playoffs. That's that's a win in Kevin Durant's book. Although with Clay, it's probably a little different to make the playoffs. But besides that point, this D'Angelo thing's going to be awesome. How successful are they going to be? I'm not sure. The reason they're still in this tier is because respect, because they're they're still that they're still three. Heart of the champion, man. Well, I, yeah, heart of the champion, and the fact that if the D'Angelo thing stays afloat and they're good, and then you got Clay coming back in March. There's no team that in any play in any one of these playoff series they have the, they have the three best shooters, in D'Angelo Russell, Clay, and Steph. So you need shooting. They have all the shooting you could possibly need now. Um, but quickly, like I said, and the other rest of the teams are jumbled in there. De- so let me just go ahead. Let me just recap because I, w- I want you to finish this list. We got Lakers one, Jazz two, Clips three. Assuming Kawhi goes there. Nugs four. Yes. How would you finish out these last four? Let's say the D'Angelo Russell thing goes as you think. It goes well, and then they get Clay Thompson back. I probably. Th- How would you finish out these back four? This is not like NBA. This is not like standings. This is like our this is like personal. I don't want to use power rankings, but like personal rankings of finals. That's how I'd list the finals contenders. So I'd have Golden State. I hate doubting Portland. I really do. But I don't think that they can duplicate that. So I would probably go OKC and then Portland. And then Rockets 8. Oh, I forgot about the Rockets. Oh, man. Put the Rockets above Rockets above Golden State. No, Rockets below Golden State but above Portland. Simply be- Wait, sim- you had Golden State, OKC, then the Portland. So would you have them above OKC or a, in in between Portland, or would you have them up in between OKC and 
the Trailblazers or in between Golden State and OKC? In between Golden State and OKC. Okay. And that's simply because, I mean, they got James Harden. They have t- they're going to win games. That's There's no other way behind that. They're a regular season powerhouse. And I think people are doubting or sleeping on OKC just a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I don't really have any st- playoff success to back this off, but I really, really still counting on Paul George being healthy, Russell Westbrook figuring it out, those two meshing. Because if Paul George doesn't get hurt that shoulder, injuries are a big what if, but he doesn't hurt that shoulder, he's still a top 10 player in the NBA, and he was finished third in the MVP voting and fell off in the playoffs and fell off towards the end of that stuff. And OKC played borderline stupid defense on Portland. Just You can't play a worse <laughs> defensive scheme and system. I'm ho- there's words I want to use that I'm not going to words. Not going to use. Just stupid defensive systems by not trapping and blitzing Damon Lillard. And I think Billy Donovan's smart enough coach to make sound decisions. Which, because it seems it seems as if the the Lakers are going to be the front runners. Which of the why do you have the Jazz so much higher than a a team like the Nugs who return everyone? Um, and a t- because the Jazz don't necessarily have. To me, it feels like the Jazz are this year's version of the Raptors. In terms of building a cohesive team, obviously you're missing the star power of like a Kawhi, but in terms of building an all-around team that can play pretty solid defense across, if not what maybe the best defense may has the chance to be the best defensive team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. What makes the Jazz so high up on your list? What do you? What's the difference between them? being a 50 and 32 win team being a fifth seed to potentially being the number two seed assuming you were going to rank the top eight and seed seeding these guys what, what what makes them above all the rest of these other teams okay they needed shot they needed shooting and someone who create their shot that's simple they got two of those and the, i like to do this practice as they were a 50 win team last year in a very difficult west they traded Ricky Rubio for Mike Conley. I would think that's a small upgrade. Then they traded, they got rid of Jay Crowder. I'm trying to even, do you have the starting lineups up? I think it was him. Let me look at the starting lineup real quick. 2018, 2018. Of the Jazz. Yeah, yeah, I can't think who they started at the wing. I know they started Ingles. They started Derek Favors. So then you trade... Who's at the Pelicans now, which is a very good sign. Dang, the Pelicans got him and Redick. Um, so you tra- Who else did they get? They got J.J. Redick and Derek Favors, Pelicans. Mm. They're going to be a playoff team. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to backtrack them. But Utah. So a team that wins 50 games upgrades at their two by far biggest weaknesses – that's fit perfectly with their team. And there's nowhere to go but up. You have one of the best defensive backcourts in basketball. You have 
one of the most best offensive backcourts in basketball. Now you now have one of the best front courts in basketball because Bohan, um, he averaged twenty points a game for the Pacers, and if and the Celtics and Pacers in that playoff series was really close in every single game except Game One, and Bohan was the main reason that happened. You had him where he's gonna be going up against third defenders. Oh yeah, by the way, you got my favorite player in the NBA, Joey Ice Ingles, at the four spot, spotting up. It's gonna be. The Red Sea is going to be parting for Rudy, Rudy Gobert dies off pick and rolls. Mitchell doesn't have to carry the offensive load. And if he does, he has adequate spacing in Conley and, Bo, and Bohan. That is, every player has defined roles. And every single one of them, all four, four of those five, can get their own shot. And make threes. And all can defend. It is... The hipsters have been on Utah for a while, the basketball hipsters, and now everyone's going to be on Utah, and it would honestly not even shock me. I definitely have them as a second favorite, and I would not be surprised if they get the one seed. They get home court, and then uh, you see a lot of bets on Utah because that home court is crazy. LeBron has not won there in like seven years, and you can put Gobert on AD. You can put... Ingles and Bohan on LeBron, and I don't know if Le- the Lakers are going to have the point guards to the guard defense, the um, defensive help on the guards, guard positions, to stick with Mitchell or Conley. So even if Kawhi doesn't come, I would not be surprised if Utah is the one seed and the and the representative in the finals. I mean, I, they are my team in two K. Because oh, yeah. they can do they can do so much because mm-hmm. it's so easy to play defense with them because all of them are ballers on defense and you get such good shot blocking with Gobert and then like you said you get the drive with uh, Mitchell and then you just kick it out to Ingles but now you have the chance to kick it out to Bogdanovich mm-hmm. or you can be dry or you can have Conley be running pick and roll move it to Mitchell he can drive in or he can swing it back out to the corner so. I think it's been a long time coming. I think, and we t- kind of talked about it last week with the whole with the Celtics, like the Jazz swinging and missing on keeping Gordon Hayward was biggest blessing in disguise mm-hmm. for him. I mean, you we obviously we don't know if he would have gotten injured if he would have kept playing for the Jazz, but even then, like it didn't seem it, it, he hasn't been the same since, and hopefully he can come back and be better, but. Jazz are scary, Jazz, and and like you said, that home court that home court advantage is going to be something else. You know, the, those uh, the the Mormons the Mormons show out in Salt Lake City. I mean, they go hard. Um, Sometimes too hard. And one little yeah, one, even on even on lower alcohol percentage on on the beer too, which is crazy that they can get that hyped. <laughs> oh, man, even the, and even one last little quick thing about the Jazz is that they got Quinn Snyder, one of the best coaches in basketball. Defensively, I don't think there's a better co- head coach. And offensively, he runs so many dribble handoffs, little little smart, smart little facets to his offensive offensive scheme. That's going to just max. That is good for people who are good passers and can cut do stuff off the ball with Conley and, and Bohan. We got about uh, four or five minutes left uh, of this hour. It's been a good. It's been a great pod. It's been a fun one. I haven't uh, talked about Kawhi into yet this. either. I know. It's I know that's that's what we're about to. So keep it short because I have two questions for this. Okay. Is Kawhi going to be a Laker? 
obviously you're not you're not dropping Woj bombs right now because oh, no. you don't necessarily have. But like like, do you think? And he's been nuts, dude. Like if you, mm-hmm. like Adam Schefter said, he's been averaging like over 200 followers on his Twitter per like per minute or something over the past over the past week or so. Um, but where do you think Kawhi is actually going to end up? Uh, I see no reason for the, the Lakers. I don't know what your follow-up questions are, but I'll I'll keep them available. The Lakers. Okay, because that jumps right into my next question. Because I knew that was going to be your answer. If you could put a team, or two two parts. Well, we don't think that with AD LeBron Kawhi, we don't think there's a team in the NBA that can stop this Lakers team. Mm, there's not a team in NBA history that can. No. Well, that's a good question. If you could put a team together to go head to head against this three-headed monster, who would you put together? Man. Assume everyone's healthy. Like, if you want to include Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. In the history of the NBA. Or, even more so, do you think... How do you think this team would compare to a full, healthy Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Iggy? Okay. I need to see who the guards would be for them, for the Lakers. But you're starting out with a triumvirate. Um, I think I said that word right. Um, of LeBron, KD, and Kawhi. I mean, AD and Kawhi. And Golden State. Is Golden State going to play Draymond on Anthony Davis? Because good luck. Are you going to put KD on Anthony Davis? Because good luck. Because if that's the case, then you're going to put Draymond on LeBron. And LeBron eats Draymond for breakfast. And then you're going to put, or you're going to put Iggy on LeBron, and LeBron still averaged like 36 points on Iggy for three, for four finals, or you're going to put him on Kawhi, who just cooked all of them for that. So I'm looking at this matchup thing, and, <laughs> and Steph's going to run around screens, and he's oh you're going you know, you're going to throw Clay on LeBron, LeBron's going to bully him in the post. We saw what Kawhi did to Clay, a non-healthy Kawhi too. So, and then you throw my boy Kuzma in there. Kuzma can't play that much defense. I mean, effort-wise, he's great and all, but you put Curry on him, he's going in the he's going in the spin cycle with Kuzma. Um, so yeah, if you can see where I'm going with this, there's no match for LeBron, Kawhi, and AD because it's not just pick your poison because the poison's already been inflected in you. It's how quickly do you want to die? Do you want the sword to turn and twist a little bit? And while that one's in, do you want AD to come? Stab you right through the temp, right through the third eye, right in the where the brow would be, and then Kawhi just to suffocate you with his hands. Like there's just the poison's already in you. You just got to live with it and understand that's how it goes. So if you could put together a dream team Ooh. to stop this team, what would who would you put? Uh, I would assume you'd have KD. So obviously, I need three people. I'll, okay, I'll do four. Um, very simple: KD, Scottie Pippen, MJ. Kobe, and you can go have a garbage can be the fourth and be the fifth. And do you think that that AD LeBron Kawhi could still take it to those four? I don't think those four because Scotty's going to Scotty. I, I think Scotty's one of the most underrated players ever. And defensively, he can guard anyone. So then you have that, and you have KD can guard LeBron. KD on AD. You have Scotty on LeBron or Kawhi. 
and you have MJ on, and you have MJ and Kobe on one of the others. Come on, and then on, on offense, that's the. I may have to. I may have to bring up the old NBA live and get these teams going because I am. My basketball, my brain's just like I need to see this in action. So you may be seeing a YouTube video with a bunch of highlights from these games coming up very shortly because I need to see it happen. One last question: If you could do just current, is there a current player, current players only? Could you come up with five a current, or a current, four? A current team. Okay, let's let's just put Alex 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 Caruso as the fifth guy. I know he's a lot of people. When I know him. I think he's a very solid point guard. So. Current five to beat them. KD. Just, goes, just throw KD in any conversation. Um, yeah, obviously. You're going through the top five in your head, and it sucks because the top three of the top five are already on this one team. Um, I go Paul George, so I have my two I have two defenders. I need a big, but there's no big like Anthony Davis, so that stinks. So I got to make KD my big. I got to bring Paul George up. Um... Do, do, do. I promote. I mean, I need. De- the thing is, dude, LeBron's six six eight, Kawhi's six seven. There's no one that matches that size and speed. I'm trying. I'm thinking like, oh man, I get Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal can't can't check these guys. Um, so come on, just give me a five. Five that would get that would give you the best of seven series. They don't have to beat them, but five that you would think like, right. okay, this is the team I'd put together. JoJo, KD, Paul George, JoJo, Joel Embiid. KD, Paul George. Um, I need a. I want a guard who can slice and dice. Who just played in the finals? I don't even know who just played in the finals. Um, Steph, Clay. I go Clay. If he, James Harden. I go Clay, if he's healthy, I'm not putting James Harden near my team. Oh, Giannis. I forgot about Giannis. That'd be my five. Giannis, Clay, Paul George. Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. And even that five on those five versus those three is going to be a tall task. It is. But I, that would be a fun seven-game series to watch if that, if all of those could, if that could happen. Here's my, final, but, here's my final question for you. Would it even go seven? <laughs> No, it'd probably be over in six. That's the other thing. More than likely five. Yeah. But with that, Michael, that was a wonderful hour and two minutes. Oh yeah, Um, flew by. Thank you for thank you for assuming the uh, the hosting. You've been doing a little more, a lot more hosting as of late. But this was your first one. You did the host prep. Came in with a lot of questions. Thank you, man. You did a great job doing that. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it is no ordinary pod, so anything can really happen. Yeah, we can, we can go back, back, uh, bounce back and forth. But hey, everyone, enjoy your Fourth of July. If you work, if you have the whole weekend off, enjoy it. Spend time with your family. If not, enjoy your Fourth of July. If you're working, stay, stay safe. Stay safe. Hey, J- and shout out to JPP. Please stay healthy, bro. Yeah. No fireworks, man. Yes, I mean, he's already out. That's all I got to say. He's already out for the season anyway. He's not under contract after this season anyway. So, I mean, whatever. With it's him. for his own personal sake, man. Mm, and that's, that's a little preview football days. But, yeah, stay safe. Um, love, love your loved ones. Tyler Skaggs, rest in peace to the Angels organization. You never know when it can happen. He died at 27 mysteriously. Still don't know what happened. Hopefully, we'll have an update for next pod. If not, everyone, Noah, thanks for coming on. This is the No Ordinary Pod team on the Radio St. Pete Network.